from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Si, senor. You know what? It's a dimly lit room. Midweek, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. My bowels. And today, oh, don't even get me started on my bowels. Oh, uh, today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Neocons. Okay, what, uh, what's a Neocon? Well, see, that's the thing. What is that? Well, a neoconservative movement, uh, expansionist foreign policy, spreading democracy, pro-Israel, interventionist, uh, pro-war, blah, blah, blah. I'm reading more and more about how the people pushing uh, a brawnier engagement with Russia right now are neocons. It's the uh, it's the old Bush uh, crowd. But now they're aligned with the left, interestingly. Well, I'll share some of Glenn Greenwald's thoughts on the topic coming up. If you're tuning in for the headline of whether Russia invaded Ukraine overnight, it didn't. So uh, we'll talk more about that later, but there's not not a war yet. Um, Man, there could be. God, when you get... Yeah, I I don't understand how so many people are comfortable. Look, there's not going to be a war. There'll be no U.S. soldiers in the the country. Everything's going to be fine. How can you have all the biggest countries in the world sending, except for China, really, sending this much equipment into one area with a hair trigger um, on both sides of a border and not be worried that anything could happen? Anything could happen. Well, the the idea is that nobody, nobody is interested in it expanding beyond Ukraine. Putin isn't. We're not. Germany's certainly not. Uh, and that's it's just Putin grabbing back some of Ukraine for the old uh, Soviet glory. Anyway, we got more on that later. We had 80 tons of uh, armaments that landed yesterday. And all the NATO countries sending more stuff. And tro- uh, Putin sent in 10,000 more troops. So it just keeps building up and building up and building up. Um, I came across something I want, can't wait to talk about later. This is kind of my new uh, hobby. Is this... Um, this theme of people not working, oh, yeah, and uh, just the lifestyle of it. We were talking yesterday about a, a book out called "Men Not at Work" or "Men Working" or something like that. Is the name of the book, anyway? But it's about how we've got a lower percentage of working age men, people, men in the prime of their life, lower percentage of them working now than during the Great Depression, which is a stunning statistic. It blew my mind, and. Uh, you know, a number, a number of different angles of uh, uh, whether people are getting paid to stay home by the government or you need to find a, a job that makes your heart sing or better to just, you know, live off of somebody else if you can't find a job that makes your heart sing. Uh, I came across this Reddit thing yesterday that apparently got mentioned on Fox, so they were very excited about it. It's got uh, 1.7 million people on this Reddit thread called Anti-Work. It's the anti-work thread, and oh, I wow, picked out tell. and I picked out some choice examples of some of the arguments from people people trying to make. I mean, there's a lot of just random comments. Yeah, working sucks, man. This isn't fair. You know, there's a lot of that, but there's a lot of people laying out the argument for for idleness, for not working, while the whole the whole capitalist system is rigged, man. Let's all stay home. What? And I wow. I can't wait to give you some of those examples later. It's just what a change in the culture. 
What a change of the culture. Well, and speaking of the culture and its oddities, the New York Times commissioned a big, giant survey about COVID and attitudes and fear and vaccines and stuff like that. And they've come to the conclusion, grudgingly and gently worded, that while there's some nuttiness on the right side, uh, um, Democrat America is nuts. Democrat America is not recognizing reality to a large extent. Some of the numbers are shocking. We'll share you uh, share some of those with you. So the greatest home run hitter in the history of baseball is not in the Hall of Fame? Correct. Barry Bonds gets the stiff arm, which and, is mixing sports metaphors. And one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game, Roger Clemens, is not in the Hall of Fame. And never will be, as of yesterday. And uh, and going back, the greatest hitter of all time, Pete Rose, is not in the Hall of Fame. Well, what's exactly your Hall of Fame? If you don't have the best pitcher, home run hitter, or regular hitter, what, what exactly? It's all about steroids, except in case of Pete, uh, gambling. It's it's ridiculous. It's some sort of weird virtue signaling. I understand that Barry was all roided up. He was also an amazing hitter, and and virtually every power hitter of his era was roided up, including guys who were in the hall. Start the chant. Barry. Barry. And the fans start to chant Barry. No, 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 don't chant Barry. So we can talk more about that later. We ought to start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, January 26th, the year 2022. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. New you in 22. I hope so. Let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. This would be the largest, if he were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. Oh, and we need the next part. Got to have the next part. And that would change the world. That's the key to that whole quote there, right? And that would change the world. Do you agree or disagree? Would that change the world? If Putin rolls into Ukraine and takes it and the world says, hey, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, it'd change the world. Maybe Don't a little, nitpick. maybe a lot. Don't nitpick. <laughs> I'm not, but there are nits. There are nits to pick. Does it change the world? I think it does. How does how does that not tell China? Of course we can take Taiwan. Or Russia's take, of course we can take some of these other countries. Or any other country in Africa that their neighbor they wanted to take over. How does it not change the world? Boy, and you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that today, uh, earlier before the show. There are horrendous coups and wars and and takeovers and conflicts going on in uh, Africa and the Middle East, and we don't pay any attention to them. You know, I see the headlines out of Yemen. I guess things are going crazy in Yemen right now. I just, I don't have the bandwidth, as they say. I can't follow the Yemeni civil war thing. You can only follow so many things. Which sucks if you're uh, you're in a part of the world where uh, you're getting just absolutely uh, you know the Uyghurs in China or whatever, where you're uh, you're being murdered and raped and just your life is awful and the world is like busy with other things. Yep, it's just it sucks. You know. That's why it's good to be American. Get up every day. You should get up every day. I've said this for years. You should get up every day and say, "Thank God I was born in the United States of America." That has more of an effect on your day than anything else. The fact that you were born in the United States of America and you have no threat of somebody marching into your house and dragging you off to a prison for no reason for the rest of your life or or some armed group from another country coming in and killing you or somebody dropping a bomb on your house. There's no chance of that happening because you were born in the United States of America. Very little chance of it happening. Just say that. (laughs) Wrongful prosecutions, man. People let out after 30 years. DNA, Innocence Project. Come on. Uh, How's mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's got a little of this, a little of that. Pretty funny. Cool. We'll get into all the news, including that whole anti-work movement. <laughs> I just find that so funny. 
Where do you get money from? <laughs> yeah. Stay home. Stay in whose home? Whose home are you staying in? How did the home get there? And somebody's paying for that home, and I assume they're not anti-work? Housing is a human right. Yeah, that's part of it. All right. Uh, All that stuff on the way. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is really not news. Nobody was expecting otherwise, but Nancy Pelosi has announced she's uh, running for re-election. She is 116, but still a very powerful uh, human being. So, uh, Good why morning. Wouldn't, why Sunday wouldn't you? morning. Yeah, there's uh, speculation she's had more work done on her mug. Uh, a re-re-re facelift. It's possible she just has a crank back there and the doctor you know, cranks inserts the handle and, and cranks it a little tighter every year. Yeah, she's 81. There you go. Is she going to bow out as speaker? You hearing anything about that? No. I mean, if she represents the poo-smeared district in California where she doesn't really reside, you know, that's one thing. If she's the speaker of the house, if she plunges deep into her 80s, that's another. She got married in 1963. Wow. She got married before I was born. Wow. <laughs> You're old and tired. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Continuing on our series with Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, TR. Far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. Mm. Is that part of the man in the arena quote or similar Uh, sort of thing? Certainly in the same mood, yeah. And, you know, uh, well, I'll save the other one for tomorrow. Why not? Got to do a show tomorrow if I'm reading the contract correctly. Mailbag. He was a man of action, though. Really prized action. Uh, Brian in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi writes, Fellows, I do absolutely love the way Peter Ducey handled the would-be apology from Biden for his stupid SOB remark. Should have that handy. Do we have that handy? For Biden to tell him it's nothing personal, pal, is even stupider. As Ian Bremmer might say, are you essing me? Dude, you just called my mother a biatch. Of course that's personal. It's funny, I've never taken the insult no, that way. No, that's not what that means. Come on. It's, it's calling you like a dog. You're a dog. It's nothing personal, pal. That's calling you, just calling you a jerk is what it is. What if, you know, as, the, as popular in various European uh, cultures, she, they call you a son of a hoe? You son of a whore. Mm. That's, uh, that's getting a little close to so your mother, you know. Nah. But anyway. I don't end up, end up in these sorts of verbal jousts, so. Uh... <laughs> what a stupid son of a bitch. Wow. That's a little harsh. I think the takeaway from there is how he sounds like he's 100 years old. Oh, stupid son of a bitch. Everybody's... What a stupid son of a bitch. Any chance we could tighten up all of that room noise, by the way, after uh, Biatch? I keep hoping that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, Jack versus Joe, who has the better Irish accent, writes uh, Jonathan the Irishman. 
Being born and raised, I felt compelled to point out a truth which may be a bit uncomfortable. Jack's ass accent has a touch of the North about it. Sounds like he learned it from someone coming from Ulster. Even managed to get the Ulster up talk. Joe's accent is very westerly. Like, over the ocean, across the fruited plain, and all the way to Hollywood, it sounds like the bigor, bigob, that U.S. actors used to do when playing Irish roles. Joe, I know you love your Irish heritage, so apologies for the bad news. <laughs> K-B-T-I-A-J, keep butchering that Irish accent, Joe. Jonathan in Novato. Well, you'd have to be from Ireland to it. It never even occurred to me that they have, but of course they would, have different accents within the country. Sure, sure. It's like yeah. Britain. There are at least six distinct accents. Does a yeah. New Yorker sound like a guy from Alabama? No. Well, right. And does a guy from the Bronx sound like a guy from Manhattan? No, generally. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Let's see. Oh, uh, Phil sent this along from the Babylon Bee. M&M's in, introduced first trans character who identifies as a Skittle. <laughs> funny. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but it's funny. Uh, let's see. Ray writes, guys, you can't talk about China without acknowledging that the invasion is already over. We have tens of thousands of Chinese nationals in every university. Joe has described them as being lousy with spies. I have described it thusly. What will actually happen if war broke out? Not sure, but Sleepy Joe has gotten us closer than we've been in a long time. Uh, love you, friend of Armstrong and Getty, over two decades. Ray, boy, Ray, thanks for hanging in. Sleepy Joe, I'd forgotten that. Sleepy Creepy Joe. Huh? Hair sniffer. I saw one of those hair sniffing videos the other day. I can't remember why somebody showed it. It's creepy, man. It's off-putting. God, he just gets close to women, just smells on him. Yikes. <laughs> It's like a Wake dog. Up. Thank you. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Greg, the attorney, writes, uh, Tuesday you discussed the fact that federal crimes often involve crossing state lines. And you also discussed the increase in the number of federal crimes. Jack, would you like to briefly recount that discussion? Oh, boy, I don't remember the numbers, but uh, there's been a significant increase in the number of federal crimes over the last couple of decades. Like and 30% more, 60 or something. It's crazy. Just a crazy number. And uh, and um, there are now so many that overlap with state crimes. And 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 the the biggest part of the story was, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, the biggest start of the part of the story was, and Heritage did a, a research study on it, nobody knows how many there are. Our own uh. government doesn't know how many federal crimes there are. How can you have a government that doesn't keep track of how many crimes they have? Well, and in fact, I remember one of the key lines was that nobody even knows how to figure it out. No. No. That's how convoluted it is. And part of it, you know, I don't think they do it on purpose, but we've gotten there, is the same reason you do it in Egypt or uh, Russia or China, is so that if you need to get somebody, if you need to nail somebody, you've got a reason. Because there's a crime out there you can stick them with. Right. Right. Uh, moving along, uh, Greg, the attorney writes, as you pointed out, the framers intended a country with a weak central government with nearly all laws controlled by the states and only specifically enumerated federal powers. See the Tenth Amendment, the last of the Bill of Rights, and I quote, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people completely forgotten the reference to activities taking place across state lines is a justification for federal intervention in matters that would otherwise be exclusively reserved to the states commerce clause etc the man act they are they have granted the the federal government nearly uh, unlimited power to intercede in in uh, local matters for instance you can't take more than five dollars worth of nickels outside the country that's a federal crime you could spend years in prison for that 
I uh, I have no idea how many nickels I've transported at any one time. Probably not that many. That would be a hell of a lot of nickels. I would think as I was packing my bags to leave for Europe. <laughs> why do I have so freaking many nickels in this bag? Why do I have like 104 nickels here? That's, that's probably more than I'm going to need. But I wouldn't have thought it was a federal crime. And then finally, we were discussing uh, you can always get tickets to an event. There's always somebody selling if you have the money, and it's often less than you expect, yeah. you can get in. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've gone to a lot of events that were hard to get in and have never like ended up paying a ridiculous sum of money. You're right, right. Got this note from John of Imperial Beach. I, I love that expression, John of Imperial Beach. Sounds like some sort of knight. Anyway, he said, uh, guys, talking about scalping tickets, I went on a baseball road trip with my cousins, started in Chicago, drove to Cincinnati, arrived in St. Louis with no tickets to the cards game. Guy outside selling tickets, they seemed pretty reasonable. But upon getting in, I noticed it was a special game day, and the tickets were two for the price of one. Boy, did I feel like a bonehead. <laughs> so he could have gone to the box office and paid a lot less. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Um. So where are we with Ukraine? Where are we with COVID? Where are we with a whole bunch of different things we'll bring you up to speed on? And the whole question of being tribal and throwing labels at each other, and the new uh, an- talk about that. and the new anti-work movement. I can't wait to talk more about that. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As tensions increase between the U.S. and Russia, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki warned yesterday that American citizens in Ukraine should leave the country now, but added that no organized evacuation is planned. Why is that? Because of the last one you organized? (laughs) We'd love to help out. We're good. Just going to go on Expedia. Thank you. Hmm. So I got on this kick uh, when 60 Minutes did that story a couple of weeks ago about uh, people need to find jobs that make their heart sing. I got my dream job. Let me check. Let me put my shirt aside here. My heart is not singing, (laughs) not even humming. (laughs) And it was all about the great resignation, the big quit, the millions of people that have quit their jobs. And if you have been able to quit your job and get a better one that either pays more or you like better, awesome for you. But this change in attitude about work that seems to be happening where it's got to be a job that just makes your heart sing or 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 better to stay at home. And then uh, or and, you know, I might argue there are some people who think if I'm not just fully realizing my potential as a human through my work, uh, my life sucks. This is not the way things things have gone terribly wrong. Just through crazy expectations. Yeah. Well, yeah. Stories like that one, 60 Minutes, are certainly uh, putting those expectations in people's head. And then we were uh, reading from this Wall Street Journal article yesterday was about the number of men that aren't working, men that are in the prime of working age life that aren't working. As I already mentioned, we have a lower percentage of men in the prime of their uh, working years not working than we did during the Great Depression, which is stunning. And um, this guy named Eberstadt has written a book about it, and he's quoted a lot in the Wall Street Journal. I wanted to read this part because I thought it was pretty important as he ended this. 
The widespread contempt for many ordinary jobs may be making the problem worse. Journalists and economists who cheer on the Great Resignation often stigmatize work in the same breath. Writing off low-paid jobs is not worth taking. It's astonishingly condescending to say that some work is meaningless, and it shows an astonishing ignorance of how other people live. It's wonderful that millions of people are finding better work, but there are millions more who could fill the jobs they're vacating, and disdain for low-skill work helps keep those people away. Instead of stigmatizing low-skill jobs, we should do better to stigmatize idleness, especially young among working-age men. Not long ago, the idea that one in eight men, because that's the current stat, one in eight men should be neither working nor looking for work would have been absolutely a horrifying prospect. We should re-embrace the prospect that could do a lot of good for our economy. So extrapolating that, as I think about it, I got to believe culturally right now, if you're if you're a 25-year-old male who lives with your parents, there's less social pressure on you than if you're a 25-year-old male who has a really uncool job. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like right. you, you have more social credit living in your parents' basement and not having a job than if you worked at McDonald's. Whereas when I was young, which isn't a hundred years ago, you wouldn't think the culture could change that much. The idea, I've, I was never, ever once around somebody when I was 27 years old, who was my age, who lived with their parents. Ever. And it would have been just, you, what now? I mean, unless they were like special ed or something, it would have right. been, what? What? Yeah, they'd have to be pretty severely handicapped for that to be the case. Right. Um, uh, but if you worked a fast food job or something like that, you got a job. You're just, you know, I don't, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But now it's, I think the culture has changed. And part of that, as that author points out there, is, uh, the way the media and economists handle it. They, they disdain those jobs. They talk about those jobs as they're, as if they're beneath you. We've been doing the whole, um, uh, jobs Americans won't take spiel for decades now. And convincing a lot of Americans that, no, you don't need to do that kind of work. You don't know. Cleaning up hotels or restaurant work. No, better better to not work at all. You know, I think it may be part and parcel of a lot of things we're seeing these days, including the uh, the Republican Party becoming much more the, the party of the working class. And that's that, you know, college-educated, suburban, paternalistic superiority syndrome. You know, you've got a women's studies degree from uh, Ivy League school or something like that. These people are convinced they are better than everybody else and sure. smarter and can tell us how to run our lives. And I think that relates to some stuff we'll be talking about uh, next hour, uh, attitudes about COVID and lockdowns and regulations and such. So that's just catching up from something we talked about later in the show yesterday. Then I came across this just randomly yesterday. I think I saw it on Twitter. Hey, Fox is talking about us. It's the anti-work subreddit on on Reddit that has 1.7 million idlers, it says here. Uh, and uh, The description is, it's a subreddit for those who, if you don't know Reddit, and I just became aware of Reddit recently. Maybe I'm the uh, last one to the party, but it's just a gazillion different forums of different topics, and you can create your own one, and maybe it catches on. A subreddit for those who want to end work, are curious about ending work, want to get the most out of a work-free life, want more information on anti-work ideas, and want personal help with their own jobs, work-related struggles. Since this is radio, I've got to tell you, I'm making an expression like, how does that work? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like there's an anti-breathing subreddit, and people say, I've given up breathing, I haven't breathed for three or three days. I'm like, how, how does that work? Yeah. The forum's slogan, according to Wikipedia, is unemployment for all, not just the rich. Wow. Uh 
through the looking glass. And not only is it uh, celebrating the idea of not working in a society where people don't have to work, like did did Putin start this and we just have enough slackers that joined on and made it run? Or I don't know what. Um, Members frequently discuss ways to slack off, cheat, sabotage, and steal from their employers, employers as an act of defiance. So if you do have a job, you need to sabotage your employer because how dare they make you do something that's not making your heart sing? But In let me exchange just, for money. Let me just go through some of the posts, just random posts. And I, God, I could have spent all night on this thing. Uh, some girl named Sid posted, who has a rose next to her name. Uh, imagine if we worked less. Imagine if we walked around our communities, talked to our neighbors, spent time in nature, played. Imagine if we could read, write, fall in love without that nagging feeling of needing to do something, in quotes. Imagine if your life was your own. Imagine growing up, you little punk. <laughs> imagine she, I can't tell how old she is. She's young, early 20s. Imagine getting to your early 20s without having come up against an explanation of how that's impossible. <laughs> no, At no point, your parents, a teacher, college, nothing ever explained to you how you're, you're, you're describing. Well, imagine if we could all fly and then we'd be able to get places without cars. You might as well say the same thing. That would be way better for pollution. Uh, all you, I, and this is a different person, all you I never used a sick day in my life, folks, are only screwing yourselves as well as the rest of us. Listen to me. It's not noble to break your body for your employer. It's not admirable to, to brag about netting only 12 hours sleep in the past week. You're not hustling. You're a pawn, a peon, a worthless cog that will get tossed away. Wow. It, it, boy, your Putin troll theory is interesting. That sounds like straight out of, you know, Karl Marx. Most of the people I know who use few to uh, no sick days are, uh, I would define them as successful. Is what I would define them as. Uh, yeah. Boy, that Imagine girl with her rose. Imagine leprechauns feeding pixie dust to unicorns. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you child? No. Imagine if you could poop gold bars. <laughs> wow. The pain. The pain. <laughs> okay, small gold bars. Better. Uh, they got a cartoon here. It's a, actually a Hank Hill cartoon. But the coins like I'm a slot machine. Oh, jeez. Ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Uh, they got a cartoon here. It's uh, actually Hank Hill and his son. I haven't watched The King of the Hill in many, many years. What's his son? Bobby? Uh, Bobby and, 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 and Hank are talking to some guitar player guy. And the guitar player guy is labeled as hustle culture. They use this term a lot on the anti-work Reddit. Hustle culture, mm, which we've yeah. all been brainwashed to do, and it's making America worse. You're not making jobs better. You're just making living worse, he says to hustle culture. Wow. Um, and then another cartoon. My parents in their 20s. Let's have a baby. Me in my 20s. Going to sleep is cheaper than buying food. Because Wait, of what? the rampant starvation all across America among people in their 20s. Wow. This is what it looks like. Ancient Rome. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. This is what it looks like. This is what your, this is what your, uh, your, your 25 year old who got the graduate degree who lives in your basement is doing at night before they go to sleep. They're on this subreddit posting or reading. Here's somebody working your whole life just to enjoy a few years when you're close to death is one of the biggest scams. Okay. So, uh, all of life and society owes you the opportunity for idleness. Getting back to that Wall Street Journal article. Craft a society where you get a certain number of years of idleness provided to you by somebody. How, how me, does that work? Well, show me the being 
the animal, even the amoeba that exists without effort to feed itself, that there aren't any. And uh, that's I, man, I'd like to talk to these people. What's the alternative? What do you envision? Explain it in detail, please. Right, right. I'll do one more of these because I could do this all day long. It's just it was blowing my mind. I'm loving this. Um, uh, here's one where they break down the uh, the, the expenses. They're a, they're a McDonald's employee, apparently. Either they're a McDonald's employee or they're tweeting on behalf of another McDonald's employee, another hot early 20-something chick. Uh, savings, $100. Mortgage, rent, $600. Car payment, $150. Adds it all up, blah, blah, blah. But what I make a minimum wage. So that's uh, perpetuating the old myth that your minimum wage jobs are designed for you to be able to live off of. Right. Or even support a family on, according to some you know way lefties. Uh, yeah, like you just brought up, I don't... I feel like I could argue, not even argue, just convince these people of the error of their position with like a chalkboard and in 15 minutes. Just uh, where do you expect you're you're not going to work? Who's going to provide the home that you're living in? This whole idle lifestyle, the neighborhood you're going to walk around. Who's how, how are the, the houses going to pay their fair share? Oh, that could be it. That they could be under the under the belief that there is just. So much extra tax money out there among the rich that. But why would the rich continue to go to work every day so that you can walk around the neighborhood and fall in love and all the stuff that you described without working? I know you, you described it as an error in their thinking. It's an impossibility. It's it's just bizarre. It's hard to know where to begin arguing the point. Yeah. So between the disdain for certain kinds of jobs and the just wildly unicorn like view of how people feed themselves. I, I don't know where we're headed. I don't know what percentage of people feel this, but, well, we, we have a bigger percentage of working-age men not working than we did during the Great Depression. So, it's here. Well, if hard times truly come, they'll be disabused of their notions in a big hurry. To paraphrase Thomas Sowell, there are some ideas so idiotic only an intellectual could hold them. I think this is one of them. You could comment on this on the text line if you want. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some COVID stuff in hour two. The, the the attitude towards masks for kids around the world versus the way we look at it. We're an outlier. Did you know that? We're an oh, outlier. How interesting that you should bring that up. That's part of the, the this uh, featurette right here. Uh, before we get into the substance of it, uh, you people are amazing in a lot of ways. Um, whether it's your your skills that I'm about to display, musically speaking, or, or photoshopping and manipulating images and stuff. Whenever we ask, hey, can somebody... The, the stuff we get from y'all is just amazing. So uh, there are so many stories coming out these days about the fact that L.A. is crumbling. So I said late in the show, hey, can somebody do us an L.A. is crumbling uh, jingle? Can we do the short one first, the first one? This is from Nick. Los Angeles Yes, which may sound a lot like the cleaning out the sound fridge. Cleaning out the sound fridge. Yeah, there's a certain similarity there. <laughs> For those of you who listen to the One More Thing podcast, sometimes we just clean out the sound fridge. I don't hear it. And, 
And then this one by Frozen Lizards. Uh, D-Dub sent this one along. Frozen Lizards. <laughs> Is it coming, Michael? How are we doing? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, that's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, luckily, uh, Frozen Lizards, uh, Dustin, sent along the the lyrics, L.A. is crumbling. We got to do something. Romanian Kermit, the crime he won't curb it. <laughs> I believe Romanian Kermit is a reference to George Gascon, who sounds like if Kermit the Frog had been born in Romania. Michael, I should have had you get uh, his clip ready. Do you have that handy? Can we get the clipper going, please? <laughs> you do a pretty good, George. We cannot prosecute our weight out of the desperation that we have. Yeah, it helps me to hear it now and again. Miss Piggy, people steal because of capitalism. <laughs> we cannot prosecute our weight out of the desperation uh, that we have. Nobody's suggesting you should. Nobody thinks that's a thing. We have no idea what you're talking about, you Marxist lunatic. He didn't lose part of his tongue in a tragic accident or something, did he? I don't want to be making fun of him if he's got that, but he sounds funny. No, no, I don't, his ideas I don't are in His ideas are insane, and then he talks funny when he explains them. We cannot prosecute our way out of the desperation that we have. Los Angeles crumbling. It sounds to me like he's got a whole tongue. <laughs> People who believe criminals are stealing your stuff or hitting you in the head because society's unfair drive me nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> drive yeah, me nuts. Right. They're as unicornian as the won't work crowd does you he were have, just discussing. Does he have kids? If you have kids, if you ever were a kid, do you remember kids in school who would break your stuff or take your stuff? They weren't starving. They 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 weren't they didn't come they didn't always come from some terrible situation. It's just human nature. Some people do that if they can. Someday we'll identify the predator gene. And then people will say, oh, well, no, it wasn't his bad upbringing. It wasn't where he grew up. It wasn't that they were close to a highway and had pollution. No, he's, he's a predator. So anyway, uh, so I, I felt a little guilty that we, we have an L.A. is crumbling jingle when we've been on in San Francisco for going on 20 years and have documented the crumbling of San Francisco. I think the San Francisco uh, uh, song would be San Francisco is crumbled. At this point, I mean, and L.A. is is heading that way. Open air drug markets, poo everywhere, that sort of thing. But anyway, so uh, Los Angeles is crumbling. Los Angeles is crumbling. And we probably we need a a short version of the other one. I don't know if that can be done, but because it's so good. People who listen to that sort of music to relax, that super fast speed metal. I just don't get it. My son does. (laughs) I don't get it. Anyway, L.A. doesn't want Super Bowl visitors. And viewers getting an up-close look at the city's giant bums and junkies problem, so they're undergoing a major cleanup near the site of the stadium. Series of pictures taken Monday morning near the 405, significantly just a couple of miles from SoFi Stadium. CHP is on hand, rerouting traffic, clearing out homeless encampments. Uh, So if you live in L.A. or work in L.A., Go to hell. You can be damned. We don't care if your life is miserable. We don't care if you spent every penny your family ever made on some dream home in Venice Beach or something like that. Or a coffee shop. 
Oh, oh my God, yeah. Or you've invested your hopes, dreams, and dollars into a, a small business that is now being ruined. We don't care about that, but we do care about tourism. So let's clean up the bums junkies for the cameras. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's human nature, right? You got people coming over Friday night for dinner. You clean up your house so that they don't see how you actually live. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little close to home. And then this L.A. Unified School District out of their minds, union choked, terrible outcomes, brutalizing the hopes of kids of color and yet portray themselves as heroes. Uh, L.A. about to get even stricter with its COVID-19 policies. Second largest school district in the country is going to force students to wear non-cloth masks with a nose wire. No exceptions, even outdoor playing sports. What? As far as they can tell. No. Many now? Other- Right. That was about outrageous a year ago, but now it's really crazy. I know. People are going to think, wow, this must be a a rerun or something. No, even the CDC has admitted that masks make it more difficult for young children to learn how to read. It's terrible socially, and it's utterly unnecessary for the kids. Unbelievable. We'll talk more about this uh, next hour. Especially the younger kids. I just became aware of this recently. We're the only country in the world doing this. The rest of the world says, oh, no, 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 younger kids, you can't make them wear masks, and it does no good. Why is that? A New York Times survey next hour could explain it. If you can't listen live, grab it via podcast later, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.